Hey guys, it's your host, Sam Evans, and welcome back to another episode of Lifestyle Redesigned. In today's episode, I have an amazing conversation with Henley Vasquez, who is the co-founder of Fora Travel, which is a new startup travel agency that empowers anyone to take their passion for travel and turn it into revenue, aka being a travel agent. Before she founded Fora Travel, she founded and led another boutique travel agency called Passported that focused on making family travel both accessible and enjoyable. So clearly she's been in the travel industry for a long time. But funny story, which she will get into when she introduces herself, is that she actually started her career path going to law school. She wanted to be a lawyer. She didn't even know that the travel industry existed or that there was even jobs in the travel industry in the travel industry, let alone what a travel agent was. And now this is her full-time career. This is her main source of money that she raises her kids with and fulfills her passions and just lives a happy life. And it's like, I need to keep that in my memory. And I feel like everybody needs to be reminded of that because we are constantly stressing over like figuring things out. And I talk about this in the previous episode as well, but there's just so much pressure of needing to know your career path right now and the most important thing if you take anything out of this episode is that there is literally an infinite amount of possibilities out there for you to be successful the job that is going to make you successful might not even exist yet so take it from me who's a big big stressor Don't stress over the, the little things because you never know where you're going to end up. And you never know what job might be created that could be exactly what you've been looking for this whole time. I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. And if you do, don't forget to leave it a review no matter where you're listening. And without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Hi, Henley. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, what have you been up to today? Um, this is my first day back in the office after being in New Mexico for a week. And I got to say, I missed my desk. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, didn't you like the vacation though? You know, vacation is a strong term to use when you're traveling alone with three kids. I would right. say we had a great adventure. I wouldn't call it a vacation. Mm-hmm. I am really excited to like not sleep with a kid, you know, on top of me right. and to be back home. But yes, New Mexico's rad. It's definitely a place that everybody should be going. Did you end up um, going to the White Sands? No, I didn't. So that's down in the South. I was up in the mm-hmm. North, like near the border of Colorado and then in Santa Fe, but a hundred percent will be going back. I really want to see this. White Sands. Yes. That was like one of my first national parks that I went to. And I was like, wow, this, it was like, It felt, it feels like a different world, you know, like you're driving up and you just see like a couple like white hills and you're like, what is this? And then you get on them and it's like a never ending, like desert almost. It's so cool looking. Yeah. The pictures, it looks unreal. Yeah, exactly. Definitely is. So you have to go check it out (laughs) next time for sure. Um, so for anybody that might not know you, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of talk about your story and and educate the world. <laughs> sure. Okay. So um, my name is Henley, Henley Vasquez. I'm one of the co-founders of Fora, which is a sort of modern travel agency based out of New York City, um, really sort of aimed at reinventing and modernizing the travel industry. Our, I've sort of been in the travel industry 
my entire career, uh, which I realized is a little unconventional. Most people don't graduate from college thinking I'm going to be a travel agent. Right. Neither did I, but that's where I've ended up. Um, and we are really sort of trying to empower anybody who loves travel to join this very sort of niche and sort of hidden industry. Wow. It sounds awesome. So, well, okay. What, uh, what made you get into it? You said that that wasn't really your first thought. I mean, no, I mean, not only was it not my first thought, but it's like not even a job that I knew existed. And also I should preface all of this by saying, like I, I love travel. I did not grow up traveling. My family did not have the means to be like gallivanting all over the world. I think I went to Cancun and I was like 14 years old. Yeah. Um, and then I took a year off from college and I traveled some then, but like, I didn't do a lot of the things that other people may say sort of inspired a love of travel in terms of like, I grew up traveling or I studied abroad. None of those things ended up happening for me. Um, so travel is sort of something that I found, once I really hit my twenties and it was just kind of a fluke. I got a job at, in publishing at a travel magazine. And then my editor left and started a company called Indigare, um, which initially was content focused, but very quickly became something that was planning trips for our members, not just sort of writing content about travel Mm -hmm. for our members. Um, And that was really the beginning, but until I hit that point. It's like even even to the point that the first paycheck that came, which is travel agents are commission-based business. So when when I, as a travel agent, book a, a client in a hotel, the hotel mails me a check. That is my commission. When we first got one, we thought it was a bride and we tried to return it. <laughs> it was like, like I was, that's how clueless I was right. about how this industry works. Is I was like, whoa, you can't like buy my love. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, turns out you can, but yeah. that's, you know, that's actually the way it's supposed to work. And so, yeah. And then that was many, many years ago. And since then I sort of found that there's this, this totally hidden industry that is actually like in 2019, it was a hundred billion dollar industry that lots of people are working in, but people don't really talk about. And a lot of people don't realize it's still a thriving business. Um, in particular right now, sort of coming out of a pandemic when people are traveling again, it's really starting to grow. Right. And it's a very, it's a very cool industry full of really interesting people. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it. I mean, I've even like looked on the website and stuff and been like, Oh, maybe this is something like, you know, I could do in the future or something. Um, it is something anybody could do. And that, that's is, awesome. I think a really, that's a really important point because it's been treated as something that only certain people can do. And I strongly believe that that is not the way that it should be. Right. Right. Well, the question that I was going to ask was in the sense of like, do you ever get people saying I have Google? You know what I mean? Why, why, why would I pay for somebody to do it for me when I could just do it myself? Like, do you ever get that? I assume so. Yeah. <laughs> So we get that a lot. And there's sort of two answers to that question. The first is, well, like you're actually not paying for it because again, it's a commissioned based business. So if you book yourself in a hotel, it's going to cost you the exact same amount as if I book you in a hotel, but I'm going to get paid by the hotel, my commission. So you as the traveler actually don't end up paying more for having the service. So it's actually like a free service. It's kind of like buying a house. If you go out and buy an apartment, and you use a real estate broker, which most people do, that broker, the commission is already in that price. It doesn't like, you don't get a discount for not having that broker. Um, And so travel is very much the same where you're not actually paying for that service. And then the flip side of that too, with is like, you could Google stuff, but wouldn't you rather talk to somebody who's like actually been there and is connected to a network of other travelers who have actually been there. And so we know sort of the professional side of it, plus a good travel agent, if you're talking about sort of the higher end of travel actually has better amenities. So if you book the hotel, same price as if I book the hotel, but my rate also includes breakfast and spa credit and like who doesn't love that stuff. Right. 
Right. Well, that sounds awesome. Well, how, how is it affected with COVID? Like, did you guys completely shut down? I assume. And then it was bad. Yeah. COVID was real rough for the hospitality industry. And I should say that is for like anybody in hospitality, whether you were like the dishwasher in a restaurant, um, up to, you know, the CEO of a travel company, everybody was affected. It really, people stopped traveling. They stopped eating out. They stopped sort of doing everything that the hospitality industry thrives on. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I started Fora last summer with my co-founders, I previously had another agency that I closed down because the pandemic really just murdered mm-hmm. it. I mean, it was, we, we lost lots of money. Um, and we spent the first part of the pandemic trying to get people refunds, trying to move deposits on expensive trips to be available for later. So really we were like working for free for a long time, just trying to help clients, which again is one of those things like Google isn't going to help you when that goes out. Right. Your travel agent will. And so we were just trying to sort of help people not lose money. Meanwhile, we were losing lots of money ourselves. Um, but I will say that it is one of those things that once restrictions started lifting and people started traveling again, business is booming in the sense that there's like people really have realized the value of a person to help them navigate this new world of travel. But it's also just like, we're just so happy to be working again. And we're so happy to be working with each other, you know, sort of reconnecting with people in different places, landing in a country you haven't been to for a long time, exploring new spots like New Mexico where I hadn't been. Um, we're, we're workers and we're all really happy to see it sort of coming back, but in a way that does kind of really need us to be there as sort of leading the way of it. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people being like, shout out to the travel agents through the pandemic, because like you just said, like you guys were pretty much working for free, you know, it was a tough ride for you. It was a tough ride. And I think it's really important to remember that, like, although this may be a very big industry in terms of the numbers, like hundred billion dollars, you're really talking about a bunch of individual small businesses because travel agents, they work with a host agency. So if you're a foreign agent, you really are still your own individual small business. So we're not talking about like, you know, Goldman Sachs losing money. We're talking about people who like paid their mortgages or paid their kids' school tuition or bought a car, you know, based on the fact that they had expected commissions coming in. And then those didn't happen. So it's really like, this is a really human story of these people and like all the money that they lost all the while really trying to like help their clients. Um, So to see, to see these people like, you know, my agents and, and sort of my friends and family in the industry making a comeback, it's, this isn't about, it may be big business when the numbers add up, but it's really, it's a bunch of small businesses and people behind it. Yeah. And I think that also shows like the passion too, because if you ask somebody, oh, can you work for free for a couple months? Yeah, right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody at like Amazon was like, sure, I'll just like forgo right. my salary and keep fulfilling orders. So I think right. it's a very, it's a very different thing. Like these are people who care deeply about the their clients and care deeply about the destinations that they're booking. Like they're they actually being a part of this sort of interconnected world and then losing the ability to like be traveling, be on the road, see your, your friends elsewhere. It was really hard. Yeah. I can only imagine. Well, what, what made you want to start your own business? Like, did you always have like an entrepreneurial, like attitude towards things or what was your like no. your past? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. That's the other thing. Like if somebody said, you're going to be a travel agent, I would have been like, no, right. and you're going to run your own company. You'd be like, definitely not. Right. Let's let somebody else do that heavy lifting. Um, but I, you know, when I was part of the founding team at Indigare and then sort of hit a certain point where I realized I love this company. I love what we're doing, but it's not really representative of me. Like a lot of the clients that we were booking 
very different than who I was. And so I started to think about how do I spin this off into something that feels more aligned with like who I am. And at that point I had really young kids and I felt like there was not a lot of, there were not a lot of people that were talking about travel in the way that I felt like it was, which is like, yeah, maybe I, maybe I'm a mom now, but I still want to like do things the way that I want to. I don't want to just go sit in like an all-inclusive resort. And that was really the genesis of starting my own business was not out of some sort of like, I'm going to be a business owner. It was more like, I just want to do things in a different way that speaks more to where I'm coming from. It feels a little more authentic to me and, and sort of jumped in like headfirst with that and learned along the way, like the accounting, the QuickBooks, how to hire, like contracts, all of that stuff that comes along with running your business, which is really hard. Like people think that entrepreneurial the entrepreneurial world is really glamorous and it's like, you know, it's difficult as you know, like starting your own stuff up there's, you look around and you're like, who's going to help. Right. No, oh, that's right. That's <laughs> um, and I made mistakes along the way for sure. And so it's really now doing it again and doing it with a bigger team um, and having super experienced co-founders. That is like the number one piece of advice that I give people. If they do want to start their own business, it's like find co-founders find co-founders that are smarter than you are hire people who are smarter than you are. Like you don't ever want to be the smartest person in the room at your company. Um, and that has been just a total change for me personally. And also for, I think, you know, which is why I do believe that we can do something different for the industry because I am just so I'm learning every day from the people that I work with. And it's so inspiring. Yeah. It sounds it. I've always like, I think about the travel industry as actually traveling, not like the behind the scenes of it. You know what I mean? And I think for a lot of people who might not have the background of traveling, like you were saying, you know, when you were younger, you weren't going on trips to Disney every year or, you know, things like that. And, and for the people that did do that, or, or even the people who haven't, like, they probably look at the travel industry so differently than like other people. Yeah, I think they think that we're all like gallivanting around staying right. in fancy hotels for free, which is not really the case. I mean, sometimes, sometimes once you've been in it for a while, that does happen. Um, but it's mostly, and you know, and certainly we do our best jobs on social media of trying to make it look that way because we want to inspire people to go places. Um, but for the most part, it's really, you know, we're like sitting at our desks and we're emailing with clients and we're calling hotels and we're sort of figuring out the logistics in a way that's like, you don't have to have been in all of these places in order to be able to plan the trip. You need to have a network. You need to have people that you can call. Like even me who, and I travel a ton. I don't know everything about every place, but I know right. who to get to there that can help me so that I can get the right answers for my clients. And a lot of that is very like, it's, it's not super glamorous. And I would say that's the same of like anybody starting a business. Like yeah. you're like, you may be the CEO, but you're also taking out the trash. Like this is like, you just gotta be ready to jump in and do all of it. And that means I, you know, am occasionally like changing an airport transfer on a Saturday night, which may not be so exciting, but you know, that's what makes that's what makes the business run. Right. Right. That's like, like you said, the, the little stuff that no one likes to talk about is what that's like the, the bread and butter of the business. Exactly. That is what makes things go. And, and I think it's, you know, it's almost like recording a podcast. Like you can have lots of great ideas, but if you don't know how to hit the record button, right. you're not going to get anywhere. Right. Right. Exactly. And I think, um, looking at the sense of like nowadays with societal norms, with people wanting to break out of them almost, I don't know if like you've noticed it, but for people at my age, I'm about to graduate college and it's like, 
half of the people are like, let me just get a nine to five and let me just do that route. Like it's easy. Um, you know, I'll work for somebody and then go home and that's that. But as entrepreneurs, as people who are more motivated, people who want to start all these side hustles or, or even like this podcast, like I do this podcast for free and that's how I know that I love it because I spend more hours working on the podcast than I do, you know, doing schoolwork or doing like other things that, you know, might have more of a priority, but in the sense of, of following that passion, I think that like now the, the norm is, is becoming different than, than what it was, or I feel like more people are trying to break out of it. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I think now we have this like term, the great resignation that you see a lot in the press. Um, but that's like been changing for a while. And like, I know it was the same thing when I was graduating from college, like it's not that I wanted a traditional job. I just didn't know that there wasn't, that there was another way to go. It was like, well, you can go work in these traditional places um, and you're going to get healthcare and you're going to get a paycheck and you're going to pay back your student loans and all of that. I was like, yes, yes, this all sounds great. Um, But nobody really said, well, there's these other ways to do it. And I think that is really starting to shift. And some of it is, it's the side hustle. Some of it is people who are doing their nine to fives, but then they have like a passion project on the side that maybe they don't make money on. Maybe they eventually make money on it, but there's sort of this, this passion project side hustle. There are the freelancers who are piecing together different jobs. And I think, I mean, we like how long is like the, the stereotype of the like struggling actor. Who's also the waiter. Like this has been, ha- this is not new. Like this has been going on for a while. Right. Like, people doing one job and another job at the same time. But I think it's become more respected now, you know, it's sort of like people understand that there's not that like one, two, three, four path to success. And like, you can do it all right. And it may not work out. You can also do it all wrong. And you like might be the next Zuckerberg. So (laughs) there's a lot, there's a lot of ways to go about things. And, um, I think, you know, happiness is we've all seen, like, we don't know what's going to happen in the world. And so like, I sure hope that you like what you do every day because we spend a lot of time doing this. Right. Right. I was going to say that even as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of misconceptions towards that side of it too. Like you were saying, like how easy it is to get a nine to five, you know what I mean? And like, you have everything all printed out for you, the benefits, everything's already there. But as an entrepreneur, you have to love it because you're working almost 24 hours a day. (laughs) Like you're working on a Saturday night. You're, you're like, you're putting way more time and effort into your job because you love it. But that's like the side of entrepreneurship that like a lot of people don't realize at first. Yeah, no, I think it's like, you know, people are like, oh, I'm going to like start a company and take it public. And like, like that's not really what happens right. to people. Like most of us just like work really hard and ideally make a living doing something that makes us want to get up in the morning. And I think like, uh, you know, and again, like this pandemic, when you look back at it, it's like, of course, people who were very flush with cash had a different pandemic than other people who like, you know, could pay their bills because they lost their jobs. However, like that didn't guarantee happiness. And I, I think that we, you know, once a lot of us like moved to sort of a hybrid remote schedule or moved to different places or suddenly we're like kind of uprooted, we had a chance to reflect a little bit on what we're doing and like, you need to love your job and you need to make a paycheck. So you got to figure out how to make that work. But most jobs are not even the nine to fives. Eventually, if you become successful enough, they're not going to be nine to five jobs. So find something that makes you excited. Find something that keeps you up at two o'clock in the morning when you're dreaming about an idea and you need to write it down on a piece of paper. Find right. something that you pump to get back to your desk on a Monday because I, you know, I can't imagine how 
how much harder the last few years would have been for me if I didn't love what I do. Yeah. And if you had, like you said, say you had like five different jobs, you know what I mean? And trying to figure it out and and hating all of them. It's like, okay, sure. You might be making way more money than you make right now. But if you go home and you're crying every night and you're miserable, you're like, I don't want to go to work the next day. That's not really like, I don't want to say that's not the purpose of life, but like, there's so much more to life than just like, waking up, hating your job, going to bed, doing it over again. Yeah, I agree. And there, you know, I guess look at it as maybe you got a couple buckets to fill. Right. And like, one is like, I got to pay my bills. Like I've got student loans, I've got rent to pay, you know, I want to get that new iPhone, whatever it is, like you got to fill that bucket. So you can't be totally unrealistic about, you know, money and making it right. On the other hand, the other bucket is that personal happiness bucket. And I think that that, the way that you feel that comes in a lot of different forms for different people. And, and previously maybe we said, well, you fulfill that by like climbing the corporate ladder. And now we've taken a harder look at that expectation and said, there's a lot of different ways to fill that bucket. The one way, like you just need a salary somehow the other way, be creative, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think it depends on the person too, because I've met people, especially at my age, I'm surrounded by people who are in the same boat of like, what do I do next? And I assume that that's never going to change. You know, even when I'm 30, 40, 50, people are going to be like, all right, well, what do I do now? Like what's next for me? And I found that a lot of people are okay with that's taking that salary job. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, that's totally okay. In my head though, I'm like, (laughs) you are. (laughs) Well, yeah. And you're right. It's like, look, when I first graduated from college, before I got into travel, I went, I thought I wanted to go to law school, mm-hmm. which is so comical in behind time. Like, what right. was I thinking? But I went and I worked in a law firm. And a part of the reason I did it is that it paid really well. And I had a lot of student loans. So I used that two years to learn a, actually lawyering was like, not going to be right fit for me. I wasn't right. good at this job. And like, <laughs> I want to be good at my job, but B I did need to just like earn that money and pay off some loans so that I had the freedom to make that choice later. And I also think like what you said, like, look, I'm in my forties now and I still have a lot of friends who don't know what they want to be when they grow up. Like, I don't know if I know what I want to be. Yeah. When I grow up. And so you can go through life and like keep reinventing yourself and keep finding new careers. And I think in particular, you see that in travel where people maybe had other careers, particularly women, maybe they had a career, maybe they stayed home and had kids for a while. And then they want to get back into that working world. Traditional jobs don't welcome women back in that way. This is an industry that does. This is an industry that's led by women that says like, cool, you've been at home raising kids for a while. We still respect you. And we still think you can be a part of us. And traditional jobs are not having that. And that's one of the things where I really think like, getting older gives you maybe some better perspective, but it's still confusing out there. So find the places that like want you versus the ones that are sidelining you. Right. Right. It's always kind of like take advantage and and put yourself first, you know, benefit from benefit from what you spend most of your time doing. Because if you, like you said, are, are constantly being put to the sideline, constantly being like pushed away from everything. It's like, that's not, like that's not the only way there is out there. Like there are companies out there, like you said, like, you know, being a travel agent, for example, it's like you said, it's like run by women. You know what I mean? It's that you, you take them in, you tell them that they can still be a life while being a mom, you know, while, you know, having all these other priorities. And I think that that's like something that's really important to remember when you are looking for things as opposed to just like that number, that money sign, you know, that how many digits, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we like digits, of course, but but it is, it's a balance. And I think we, it's like, you know, how do you, what's the key to happiness? 
I don't know, but it's a balance of a lot of different things. And sometimes those levers need to be moved a little bit to figure it out. But I think at particularly women, like there's a lot of different challenges that we have faced and continue to face in terms of like equal pay for equal work or opportunities for mothers. And that's the kind of thing where like, that's not going away. So I do, I like, I super respect people who are like tackling the traditional industries and sort of demanding equality yeah. and opportunity there. Um, I'm also really glad that I work in an industry that I haven't had to sort of face a lot of those prejudices. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a good thing to, a good thing to have on your side, you know, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, but my final thoughts are what, advice would you give to your younger self starting off you know the girl who applied to the law firm and somebody who's just graduating college basically give me advice <laughs> um yeah. you know yeah. I mean you were me you were me going I'm gonna go be a lawyer right <laughs> <laughs> except for you've already figured that part out you know I I think the biggest advice I'd say is like understand the impermanence of it all uh, like it's, I, I felt so much, and I think this is like a problem, like you, educational institutions put this part, like you got to figure it out. Like you have made it through here. What are you going to do with your life? And I like, you're so young. There's so much life left. Everything is impermanent. You're not misstepping unless you don't do a good job. And so find things that you like enough for whatever the reason is, which again, for me initially was like, I just need to pay right. some loans and like, and I need to have stability and I need to be able to get an apartment, but find the things that, that fit for then kick ass at them and then figure out what you're going to do next later. Because as long as you, it's almost like, if you think about college, like you, you could be taking any course out there. As long as you get good grades, your GPA goes right. up, right? So like your value goes up. And when you think about your career and your working life, as long as you're excelling in whatever you're doing, there's always going to be a next opportunity. And you can always take a left or a right turn into a totally different industry because you're coming from a place and being like, well, I did this and I did this really well and it's time to try something new. So there's, don't get caught up in exactly what that thing is at the moment. Know that you, you know, in five years, you could be doing something entirely different and that is okay. The pressure on young people to make a choice about like what they're going to do for the next. And like, let's talk like retirement age is just getting older and older. It's not like you're retiring at 50, right. at like 75. You got a long time. You got like 50 years of career to figure out, like be okay with the little curves in the road along the way. Yeah. And I think I didn't, I didn't know that. I felt like I have to know, I have to have this sorted out. And I probably would have been a lot less stressed if I'd just gone, well, this is like my first job, but we'll see where it goes Right, there. right. Well, I was just going to say like, what we learn is that what we choose now is where we're going to be when we retire, you know? And like, yeah. clearly, as you just stated, like, that's not the case. And a lot of us are starting to realize it, but it's also like, I can't see that far into the future to be able to say like, oh, well, I'm not going to be here at this point. You know what I mean? Like who, who can? Yeah. And I, you know, I think if you even roll that back a little bit, when you think about when you start college and you're like 18 years old, you've never left home, you're suddenly on a campus and you're 18 and they say, what do you want to major in? And you're like, I, I, right. I don't know. I just got here. <laughs> like I've never taken college right. course. Like even there, we expect people to make these sort of permanent decisions about their life at a really young age. And I'd say like, kids in college, like go take lots of courses in lots of things, just do well at them. And you're going to be positioned well for your career after that. And same thing with career, like 
I don't know, interview at a lot of places, ask a lot of questions, find people who you look at and you go, what you do every day seems interesting and see how they got Mm. there. Because there's just, there's so many more paths than what might be handed to you by like, you know, a career counseling pamphlet. Right, right. Exactly. Well, like you said, travel agent definitely wasn't on that list, you know? (laughs) Nope. Not on anybody's list. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. You have a lot of insight on life in general, you know, and everything that you do. So I wanted to thank you for that. Thank you so much, Sam. It was so nice talking to you. This makes me like even more excited about what I do and about all the possibilities for people out there sort of navigating their way into some cool job. Exactly, exactly. And, And after I graduate, hopefully... That'll be my case. You know, I want to, I want to get a kind of cool job, you know? Yeah. I think you're going to be fine. I can tell you're going to be fine. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, where can people find you or the travel agency and what are all the socials and everything like that? So if you're interested in us, um, you can go to foratravel.com. That's F-O-R-A travel.com. There you can sort of see our advisors, find out a little bit more about the company. And you can also sign up to join the wait list, which is where you would start if you wanted to sort of begin the journey of becoming a travel advisor yourself. You can find us on Instagram at hellofora. Um, no, just hellofora, no.com. And then it, you can find me at Henley V on Instagram. So if you have any questions, you know, like reach out, DM us, email us, join our wait list. We're here to hopefully demystify the process of joining this industry. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'll have everything linked below. So it's super easy to, for everyone to find. Um, and yeah, thank you again. This is great. Thanks, Sam. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you want to continue to keep up with the podcast, go ahead and follow the Instagram at Lifestyle Redesigned Podcast. And if you want to keep up with me or get in contact with me, you can send me a DM at Sam Evans Travel on Instagram or Sam Evans Travel at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.